Good evening, and as always, I want to thank you for watching tonight, and uh, as we just give a few minutes here for people to log on, uh, <clears throat> I want to thank you for watching, and um, oh, my coat's cooking here, makes me all look weird. Um, I, like I said, I appreciate you watching this evening. Um, you just finished up Bible study in the back, um, <clears throat> getting some dishes and things like that done. And so, uh, just a little shorter breath. Whew. I, uh, been trying to eat healthier starting today. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, um, I just want to thank you for watching. And as always, I, I just appreciate it. I, I don't do this, like I say, to see my um, face on the camera. I do it, hopefully, that God can bless you and help your relationship with the Lord. And so uh, we started in Job uh, 38, and we started in verses 1 and 2 last night. And we talked about how God was setting himself up to give them the final word, um, the final instruction. Um, that he was going to settle this debate once and for all. And so we see that in this passage of Scripture, that God really just says this is how it's going to be. And um, then he begins to explain why it's going to be that way. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I think this is very important because all of us, um, have been in places in our lives when we've asked why. Why did I lose a loved one? Why did that diagnosis um, come back so negative? Why did that friend that I thought would be loyal to the end, why did they betray me? And I think that's hard because we want to know the answer to why. But even more than that, I think that we want to know the answer to why <coughs> is when we're told something that we don't like. It's why children, when you tell them to do something, will say, well, why? Why do I have to do that? Why do I have to do this? And it's like, well, you can't play in the street because you might get hit by a car. And so don't play in the street. Or why can't I eat seven bags of candy and drink four sodas right before I go to bed? Well, one, it'll probably make you sick and you'll have so much sugar and, and energy that you won't sleep. And so it won't work out well. But the question is why? And if you've ever had that question asked very often, then usually the response is because I'm the adult or because I'm your parent or because I am the boss. But God doesn't do that in this stance. God points out what separates him from us. God separates who he is from who we are. And honestly, he does it in a remarkable fashion. And so I want you to read Job chapter 38 on your time because... 
There's just more that we can get through here, but there are 39 verses where God says, this is who you are and this is who I am. And I wanted to just share a couple of those highlights with you. Starts in verse three, excuse me, verse four. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched a line upon it? God says, where were you when I created everything? Where were you when I formed the earth, spoke it into existence? Where were you when I measured how wide the earth is, how deep it goes to its center? God says, you must be so wise. Where were you when I created that? Well, that's a pretty big moment in Job's life where he says, uh, I wasn't. Then he goes out and says, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Where were you when I hung the stars in the sky and made them the way they are? Or verse 8, or who shut in the seas with doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb, when I made the clouds its garment and the thick darkness its swaddling band. God says, where were you when I created the oceans and I hung the clouds in the skies? And in verse 11 says, when I said this far you may come, but no farther. And here your proud waves must stop. You've ever stood on the beach at an ocean and watched the waves come in. You know that they only come in so far. And we know usually when they're going to come in at high tide and low tide because people build their houses on those beaches, on those cliff sides. Some of the most valuable homes in the world are built on some of the beautiful beaches and coasts the earth has because they know that the earth is going to only let the water come so far. But if you've ever watched a hurricane or a tight, uh, a weather phenomenon that brings water up on the ground, you know that there are some times when the water goes beyond its designated point. And God tells Job, I told, I told the water how far it could come. He tells in verse 12 that I'm the one that commands morning and night. The sun rises and falls because of me, God says. See, Job is being humbled in this point. He's being reminded that God is in control. That God is all-powerful. He goes down in verse 22 and says, Have you entered the treasury of snow? Or have you seen the treasury of hail, which I have reserved for time of trouble from the day of battle and war? By the way, is light diffused or the east wind scattered all over the earth? God says, do you know how I create the wind and the storms and the snow and the hail? Do you know what that's like? Job has to say no. And you say, Jake, why do you think that God uses this analogy to creation and weather? Well, one, I believe that God knew all these years later that the number one way that the atheist and the infidel 
and the secularist has tried to attack God is by convincing you that he didn't create everything, that you're here by chance, that you're here by billions of years of natural selection. And God says that nonsense is fooey. Thousands of years ago, God spoke the world into existence. Thousands of years ago, God created all animals, dinosaurs, non-dinosaurs, to live among this earth and through a worldwide flood eradicated many of them. You see, the reason I think he uses this as we close tonight is because the weather is the one thing we can't control. Well, we can study the weather. We can track the weather. But when the weather begins to really show its force, there's not much you and I can do. Tornado can rip through a town and destroy it. A flood can bring waters into a city and decimate it. Hail can beat the possessions that we have and destroy them. We're helpless. Floods can destroy things that we never thought they could destroy. It's an amazing thing, a powerful thing. And what God says, I am in control of all. And so Job is standing here in the middle of a storm, hearing from God, and God is saying, Job, you were small, and I am not. You say, why would God say this to Job? Because not only does God want Job to worship him as the great and powerful God that he is, but he wants Job to be humble, which we all should be. But I think there's a third reason. And I think it is because when God displays his power and majesty and wonder, it's a reminder to me in the storms of life that God is able. When everything around me is crumbling, when it is out of my control, he is able. And that he loves me and that he cares about me and he wants what is best for me and for you. And so as always, I want to thank you tonight for watching. And as always, I pray that the Lord would bless you, keep you, and that if I can ever help you or pray for you in any way, that you'll let me know. And so if the Lord is willing and the rapture doesn't happen, I look forward to being with you tomorrow night.